Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode 38 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I'll be picking the brain of a man who has helped over 50 big-name clients grow their businesses by six and seven figures. Adam Costa is the founder of KeepInspiring.me, an online destination that aims at providing its visitors with inspiring content covering topics like productivity, health, growth, and success. The website currently has over 1.5 million visitors per month, Adam is also the author of the book 10X Life and has been featured on Forbes, Business Insider, The Huffington Post, Lifehacker, ProBlogger and a hundred other websites. Adam, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Thank you, Daniel. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that you're here because this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I mean, the first interesting fact that I actually managed to find out about you is that you've lived in 25 countries. Um, and let me just repeat that. For, for Lived, not visited, but lived. Have I got that right? Yes, that, that is right. In fact, I, I think we may be pushing 30 at this point. So my oh. wife and I are, um, we, we are as, as we say, we're completely homeless and loving every minute of it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, how, by the way, how old are you? Because you sound like you're 30. <laughs> well, thank you. I guess I sound young. I'm 35. Yeah. Okay, well, that is pretty. So, uh, uh, the reason I asked that is because if you've lived in thirty countries and you're thirty-five years old, you've pretty much, from the age of five, lived in one country per, <laughs> per year. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> Why? We, we like to move. Yeah, we we really like to move. So, I guess as a, a bit of backstory for all, all yeah. of your listeners, about ten years ago, uh, I was working in a travel agency, and it was in a. We were talking earlier before. Um, it's an Israeli travel agency, and. Hmm. So I lived in in California and I was working as a travel agent and I was just doing that during the daytime and then at nighttime I was I was waiting tables just really short on time really short on money really short on attention um and all I wanted to do was travel that was really all I wanted to do was just go see the world and and so my wife and I really made it a priority so we started building our own online businesses uh as well as advising other companies and for us it was just really important to to be able to work remotely so I think once we started working remotely, we were able to, to travel, and, and we certainly ran with it. I think in our, our first year, we lived in, or we we actually visited quite a few places on that trip. I think we went to nine or ten countries then, um, and then we lived in Latin America for over a year, bounced around, uh, I think five countries in that year, mm. uh, and it's just it's really allowed us to working remotely has really allowed us to stay mobile, to to see the world, do lots of different things. Um, and also, I guess one other fun fact to to anybody who's interested in in traveling, uh, we also do what's called house sitting or pet sitting, where you look after people's homes and pets while they're away. Wow! And there are loads of people all over the world. Uh, in the UK, I know it's it's very popular. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been to uh, homes in the UK, in Morocco, um, several in Canada, the US, um, and we're hoping to to go back to Latin America as well. So it gives us a chance to to really live like locals and not. Right. Like we really try to stay away from the hotel crowd or the the hostel crowd as well, um, and really just 
just try and live as locally as possible. So I think probably mo- most of the listeners here, at least this is what I'm thinking, and I'm guessing they're thinking the same thing, which is how do you manage to do that? Like, how do you manage to afford a lifestyle like that? Like everybody kind of, I mean, not everybody wants to travel the world, but everybody kind of wants to do something, right? So I love playing tennis all day and going to the gym and hanging out at the beach with a book or hang out with my four kids and my wife. Um, and everybody has sort of their thing that they love to do. Yours is obviously traveling. Um, but, but obviously, I think everybody's question that's really you know begging the the answer is how do you how do you really afford that lifestyle what have you done to be able to do that you know i'm so glad that you asked that daniel and i i really think that there's a a book that needs to be written about this very subject Mm -hmm. because uh just last year we had an article published in business insider and it was explaining how we actually left the united states for a year and just in doing so and, and traveling around, we actually saved a hundred thousand dollars. And once I could say that again, a- you saved a hundred thousand dollars just by traveling? Yes, just just by actually getting up and leaving the United States for a year, we saved a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Go and figure. How how does that work? Yeah, it was it was really two main things. And one is house sitting, which is We've been actually doing the house sitting thing almost full time for two and a half years now. So when we're looking after someone's home or we're looking after their pets, cats specifically, we're we're both mm-hmm. aspiring crazy cat ladies. <laughs> uh, and uh, so you look after people's pets and or their homes while they're away, and in many cases they're gone for two or three or even five months at a time. So you basically get to live in their home, um, take care of their pets, take care of their home, and in exchange you don't have to pay rent. Mm. So we've. We've only paid rent three months out of the past, I would say, 36 months, give or take. Wow. Uh, wow. That's and and that cool. rent, is, that's really because there's a, we want to go home and, and spend time with friends and family. So we just rent a, a beach house and kind of lure people out to, to come hang out every once in a while. Wow. Oh, my so, God. I got so many questions here, Adam. Um, okay. First of all, I, I want to know, how do, how do people trust you? I mean, not you specifically, because I'm sure you're a great guy. You sound like a great guy. But, um, I mean, how, how do I know? Okay, I've got a house in Israel, okay? How do I know that some guy on the internet who wants to come and look after my house isn't some crazy, weird, wacko guy who's, who's going to basically ransack my place? And, you know, how does it work? Definitely. So there's a lot of um, websites that you can use. Uh, so the one that, that we use the most, it's called trustedhousesitters.com. And okay. you can go ahead and you put a profile on there uh, and you connect with homeowners. So a homeowner will post a listing and then you can respond to them and say, well, here's our profile. And we have people who have vouched for us. I think on our page, we have 30 or, or 35 reviews from mm. other homeowners that we've housed at before. When we were first getting started, we just had friends and family as kind of character references. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would they would add that to our profile as well. So if you take the time to fill out your profile, um, you know, for us, we have a video on there so people can see us. Um, they get a, a better feel for who we are. Um, I think the video and the, the references, those connect really well with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think being a couple helps. And I've, I've heard this from homeowners that there are single house sitters out there, uh, but a lot of homeowners do prefer a couple I think yeah. for two reasons. One, yeah. they, they feel that you're a bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. And uh, two is that if you have two people looking after your home, if there's an emergency or, or something comes up, then one person can go handle the emergency and the other person can stay at, at the home. Right. Um, so but I, I think that, that both those work really well. So I just want to get back to the $100,000 because I, I just, <laughs> you know, thinking about it, it sounds quite high. I mean, rent for a year, 
for for a lot of people, for most people, isn't a hundred thousand. So, w- did you mean ten years when you said oh, you saved a hundred thousand dollars? No, it was over the course of a year. So I'll I'll, I'll break it down. So okay. the hundred thousand dollars savings, about thirty six thousand of that was from the fact that we didn't have to pay rent. Um, okay. And I took I took that number. I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, so admittedly our rents are a bit okay, higher fine. than most places <laughs> yes. in the world. But right. but you coming from London can certainly appreciate that. Oh, as so well. for, yeah, for me that's normal. That's normal, right? Yeah. And so that was uh, about thirty six thousand, and I would say I think it was about sixty sixty thousand of that uh, was from tax savings. So if, for anybody who's listening, if, if you're entrepreneurial and you're an American citizen, listen up because this could be worth a lot of money to you. Yeah. If you're off. If you're off U.S. soil for 330 days out of any 365-day period, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like January to December. Right. Um, you basically can write off, you get a $100,000 tax write-off. Wow. Um, and that's per person. So if you're married, that's $200,000. Um, I'm not a lawyer, but this is totally legit. I ran it past our financial planner. It's actually in the IRS code. Um, you can look it up. It's called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion. Okay, I'll put, I'll put all this in my show notes. Well. I'll put that in the show notes so they can they can get that. But Adam, I mean, how do you make money? Because you just talked about saving a hundred thousand, which which is really impressive and really out of the box. I love it. Um, how are you making money? Because at the end of the day, okay, you've got no taxes to pay. Which, if you're not making any money, you don't have taxes anyway. Okay, uh, you've got no rent. Fine, covered that. But you've still got food. You've got travel expenses. You've got entertainment. You've got you know a whole host of other things. What? What are you doing to provide the money to, to pay for all those things? Yeah, so for the record, oh man, when you said we, we don't pay taxes, I wish that was the case. We, <laughs> we still pay quite a bit in taxes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess that's, that's a, it's a good problem to have, right? Right, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, as far as the, what we do to make money, it's, it seems to be getting more complex as we go on. So, 10 years ago, when I was working as a travel agent by day and waiter at night, we started building websites um, and we would sell songwriting tutorials and we would drive traffic via Google AdWords um, and basically sell an online product. So we really mm-hmm. wanted something that would allow us to live the lifestyle that we wanted to. And it was, it was moderately successful. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but it, it made enough money that we could go to Southeast Asia for a year and bounce around and, and basically live off of that income. Okay. So that was a, a really nice starter. Um, and from there, we just started building website after website after website and did lots of different things uh, so from you're, selling you're, products online. You're essentially a website pimp, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I bet no one I, said that to you I, before. No, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I think that might be my new catchphrase, though. <laughs> um, let's, go, let's go into that. That sounds very interesting because, you know, this is what I love. It, it's the whole idea that you can have a lifestyle that, that you want to live and you can do that because of the fact that the uh, because of the online space so can we go into some of those websites i think one of them that i saw that you had was called 10xtoday.com and obviously there was one i mentioned in the intro which is um what was it again keep 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 inspiring.me keep inspiring.me and that one you have about one and a half million visitors a month so just just go into i guess those two how did you get started with them what gave you the idea and how did you monetize them Great question. So with keepinspiring.me, it's a personal development website that targets uh, really anybody who's looking for inspiration in life. And Mm -hmm. it's monetized via advertising. Um, Frankly, advertising is not my favorite business model. Um, I 
I find that it's uh, it, it's not the best way to create a, a really valuable relationship with your readers and your prospects and your customers. I much prefer to to sell courses and educational materials so we can provide value to them. Right. So right. So right now with with KeepInspiring.me, it it gets a, a good amount of traffic. Um, but I'd really like to move away from the advertising model. And that's really where 10X Today comes in, um, in that 10X Today is, is geared more towards offering really in-depth personal development courses uh, that will help people increase their focus, become more productive, get more done, um, mm-hmm. and ultimately just just live the life that they really want to. Okay, but before we get into the 10X today, I just want to go back to the inspiring.me. I, I, I don't want to just sort of jump over certain things because I feel like, you know, inspiring.me, you mentioned um, you've got one and a half million visitors a month and you're making money off of advertising. So I know that's yes. not something that you want to be doing, but ultimately, first of all, can you share how much are you making in advertising? Um, are you, how much are you in revenues from advertising? Uh, it's ballpark. It, it's high five figures, low six figures. That's uh, uh, per, per year. Per, per year. year. Yeah. Okay. So that so that's pretty good. I mean, if you're making like you know around six figures a year just just from a website, just on advertising, um, but I mean, I looked at the site and it's pretty expansive. I mean, you got a lot of a lot of content on there to be able to be bringing in that kind of money from advertising and to be getting a you know you know over a million visits a month. You know, there's got to be fresh new um, you know content. Uh, how are you managing that? Yeah, so consistent content is very important. And I know in, in your recent podcast with Jay Bear, he talks about the the power of consistent content. Um, it's something that we certainly see on keepinspiring.me. Somebody's uh, to been be listening honest, to my podcast show. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> you have a fan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with, with what Jay Bear was saying about that. I love his name, by the way. Like, I like his name too. Yeah. You cannot get a friendlier name than Jay I want to hug him. I just want to hug him when I say his name. Jay Bear, give me a hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. But actually, the guy I had last on my show uh, yesterday, it just went live yesterday. His name, I really want. His name was Louis Lavella. How Louis cool. Lavella. Louis Lavella. And he's an entertainment uh, branding expert. I mean, freaking, what a great name. You know? It's great for that for that position too, yeah. like to be yeah. a branding expert. Yeah. That just Dan- rolls Dan- off the Daniel Daniel Geffen and Adam Costa, and then there's Louis Lavella. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's just not fair. No, you can hear the flourish. Yeah. Like anyway, so getting um, back to what you're saying about creating content. So yeah, so it's so it's very important to create content on a on a very regular basis, and and what we found is that. As much as I enjoy writing, um, I've recently written a book, shameless plug, uh, called Ten yeah. X Life. So Actually, it's, it's, not, it's, not, really it's not a shameless plug because I was just about to. Uh, the, one of the things I was going to ask you about was that book. So don't worry, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> ah, okay, so we, we can get to the book in a, in a moment we'll then. The so book. on the the website, we create some of the content ourselves. We actually have a, a post on there about house sitting because we realize <laughs> it's we never really found a resource that explained the whole process for house sitters and homeowners. So we thought, well, that'd be a, a great piece of content to put out there. Hmm. So we do have pieces like that that are, are more intrinsic um, in that they're, they're topics that we're interested in and we just like to push out there. They may not fit the kind of aim of the website, um, but we find that sometimes those are our, our biggest hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as other formats, what we found works really well. We, we love doing written interview series with people. Um, so we can pick their brains and have them share like ins- inspirational moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that we've introduced over the past month or so that, that seems to be working really well. 
Right. By um, the way, picking, also, the, picking the brains has been copyrighted, so you can't use that. Of course not. We would never, <laughs> never go that. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I'm putting out content, of course, is, is incredibly important. And I think if you can mix and match, and, and especially at the beginning, if you try lots of different mediums, if you try lots of different appeals and angles, that that's really where you can you can start to see what works and ultimately what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Do you write the Do you write your own content or do you hire people? Uh, we do it? both. So with the the house sitting guide, that was something that my wife Darcy and I both created together. Mm-hmm. Um, some posts she's written, some posts I've written, uh, and other posts we have had uh, writers do. the The interviews come in handy as well because obviously, if we're if we're interviewing somebody in a written format, they're writing a lot of those responses, and then we'll just go through and edit them. So mm. it's it's a nice mix. We get lots of different voices on the site. Very interesting. Have you had any weird experiences on your travels? Like, I'm just just out of interest, you know, like, have you ever landed in someone's house and, I don't know, something happened? Like, maybe there was like a pool of blood and someone was dead under the bed. I don't know. <laughs> I've been watching too many movies, but, you know. <laughs> the, the Halloween edition. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah on, the, on the house sitting front, it has been amazingly level key. And, and I think it's because we're we're being welcomed into someone's home and they want mm. us to look after their home and specifically they want us to look after their pets so it's right. there's a lot of trust on both sides of the table because my wife and I we we advise numerous companies we run our own businesses so we really need a, a legitimate place to stay strong internet um so we have Skype calls with people before. So I, I can't say that anything. There's definitely been no no dead bodies, no pools of blood, no <laughs> random acts of violence. What a shame. It's, it's actually been been very very warm and fuzzy on the house right. sitting friends. Right. Uh, I, funny I, funny story though on the just travel in general. I yeah. was uh, I guess about 15 years ago. I was I was flying from Australia and I booked a round the world ticket, starting in in Sydney, Australia, and I was going to go to Vietnam and then to Nepal, then to London. Um, throughout Europe and then out through Toronto, Canada, San Francisco, stay Holy in San Francisco cow. for close to a year and then fly back to Sydney. So oh I was super God. stoked about that. And uh, I bought the ticket from a travel agent and it got on a plane, flew out to, to what was it, to Hanoi in Vietnam. Mm. And I was getting ready to start my trip, super excited. And I get off the plane and this official walks up to me and says, Excuse me, I'd just like to see your visa. So, what visa? <laughs> I don't have oh, one. And they said, well, oh you need a visa to enter Vietnam. American citizens require that. Mm. Or we require that of American citizens. I said, oh, right. well, okay, maybe I could, just, I could just buy it then. And they said, no, you don't understand. You have to buy it before you come to the country. <laughs> You're going to have to fly back. So they ended no. up... Yeah, they ended up putting my happy ass back on the same plane oh. that I flew on. And they oh. just dropped me off in Singapore. They didn't even fly me back to Sydney because there was a layover <laughs> in Singapore. So they're just like, ah, have fun with that. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, I, it, it was, but I got to go see Singapore instead, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I just picked up the, the ticket from there, and I learned a valuable lesson. Mm, get a visa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just went to New York. Uh, it's a 12-hour flight from Israel. Um, and I just wanted to get the hell off the plane. Um, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you go from, from plane to plane, flying from here to there. I mean, it would drive me nuts. And I, I can't sleep you know, sitting down. It just, it, I just don't do that. Uh, my body's not made for that. Um, and also the time zone, you must have such jet lag. You, you probably have never experienced non-jet lag. Like you are probably <laughs> constantly jet lag. You wake up and you're like, am I in Beijing or Cairo right now? You know, do you ever think like, where the hell am I? You wake up in the morning, where am I today? Sometimes, yeah, I get jet lag 
worse than most people, I think. It, it hits me really, really hard. I have a kind of a strong internal clock, so I, I don't wear a watch. I usually know what time it is. Um, so it, it just nails me pretty hard. My wife, she can sleep. She can sleep it off usually in a, a day or two. Um, but mm. to, to be honest, and like you, I, I don't sleep on planes. I am eternally jealous of people who could do that. And if I could have a superpower, it, besides flying, it would just be <laughs> to sleep on a plane. That, right. That's so amazing to me. Right. Um, but we, but rather than than really suffer through jet lag, we try not to move that far, that fast, that often. We we really try to to keep things. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, there's an intercontinental flight, but. Um, like, for example, last year we spent three months in Morocco. We were doing a house set out there. Beautiful three-story estate overlooking the water in the small coastal town um, just south of Tangier. Oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> but we, we, <laughs> so we, we me flew jealous. out there. I'm just, I'm just selling the house sitting thing. It's, it's right. a great, right. great opportunity. Um, and going out there, we, we flew into Madrid. So we spent like a week in Madrid beforehand. And then from there, it's just a, it's a quick flight. There's... I don't think there's a time change between Madrid and Tangier. And if there mm. is, it's only like a half hour or an hour. Um, right. So anything that we can do to, to really avoid the, the jet set crowd, it's, mm. it's definitely something that we try to, to stay away from. And, and how, much, how much money do you think um, somebody needs to earn in order to be able to have that kind of a lifestyle? Yeah, that's, that's another thing. With the flights, we don't pay for the flights. We just use our frequent flyer miles that we get from our businesses. Um, so for example, uh, we have another business where we spend a lot of money on advertising and we run that through a credit card. We get the frequent flyer oh, miles. You know, I'm, I'm like, loving this. This is so cool. You're literally leveraging everything. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I had this nifty little kind of flow chart that I put together a while ago. Like I have a back it? Can, of a napkin. Can you, can you share it, it with just, us? Oh, it's on a napkin. Oh, <laughs> so take a picture of it. Send it to me. I'll put it up on the show notes. If, if you can, if you can't, then that's yeah. fine, but it'd be really yeah, that's cool. cool. I, I'm sure I could dig it up somewhere. I, napkins uh, are the best, by the way. Those are the, be the best brainstorms. The billions of dollars are, are, are definitely on, on, forget spreadsheets and all these other things, the napkins. That's where the billions of dollars are. I completely agree. The big ideas are on the napkins. Yeah. And, um, Especially so if yeah, there's ketchup we, on it. So, so yeah, we, we don't pay for the, the flights. Um, right. It basically just comes from the frequent flyer miles. In fact, we... We use a, a, a site that's called Award Wallet to track all of the frequent flyer miles as they come in because we have several different credit cards. Mm -hmm. um, and it sends us reminders. In fact, just earlier this week, we booked a, a two-week trip out to the American South. So we're going to go to, I'm super stoked about this. We're going to go to Atlanta, New Orleans, Charleston, South Carolina, um, Savannah, Nashville, and Memphis. So it's just like a huge kind of like music trip. Wow. Um, and we... And we booked that because I got an email notification from Award Wall that said, hey, you've got uh, about two tickets worth that are going to expire in frequent flyer miles on American Airlines. You should probably book something with it. So we're like, well, okay, cool. Let's go do that. Wow. Uh, so, so we've got that. And, and this is for us, is, it's different because we're, we actually will stay in hotels along the way. And to do that, we use, uh, I believe it's, I think it's just hotels.com that offers you a, a 10 for one deal. So if you book 10 hotels through them, you get one night for free. Mm, um, so we, so we've got, I think two lined up two free nights with them that we, we haven't used yet. So we'll, we'll add those to the trip. So yeah, we're incredibly, we're really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we, but we really you're living a good life value. i have to say you, you say you're cheap but you're living a very nice lifestyle i must say um i mean th- this episode for for anyone listening who's who's into traveling this is like a candy store for you guys um but but i am i am uh you know i guess a little bit uh weary about the rest of us who are you know not looking to jet set around the world and we're actually just trying to you know build a successful business so i want to get into your 10x um there's the 10x website and then there's the 10x book and i kind of want to can you describe or explain to us what do you mean um, when you say 10xing exactly great question so i've noticed over the past several years there were certain aspects of life that i i wasn't doing nearly as well and as I, as I wanted to. Um, I didn't feel as, as healthy. I didn't feel like financially we were really on point. I didn't feel we were, we were making enough money, saving enough money. I wasn't running far enough, uh, really into yeah. running. Um, I used to play tennis too. So if, if I'm in Israel, I'd love to, to oh, go yeah. out and, and, and yeah. play. I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whoop your butt though, you do realize. Oh, you will. I, I'm 100% <laughs> sure of that. No, yeah. don't say I, that. I need competition. <laughs> I, uh, I think maybe if you want true competition, we need a handicapped. I think you'd have to play with like a, a two liter oh, bottle or something because right. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm not very good. All right. But uh, so, yeah, we just looking at some of these things, I realized that if we were able to, to really take a step back, bust out the napkin, so to speak, and, and start scribbling out some ideas about how do we get the big gains in life um, you know, and just kind of tracking those results over the years, I, I noticed time and time again that I was seeing a 10x result. So we were, our income grew by by 10x over several years. Um, I really got into running, and and I was able to run 10 times farther mm-hmm. uh, or further. I never remember which one's right. Um, and <laughs> both are right. Same thing in, in terms of like being able to travel and see 10 times more places, uh, to save 10 times more money, um, to yeah, I mean, really, just all these different aspects of life. As soon as you focus on it, you can really see those ten x results. And what okay, I mean so by ten x, ten x is quite a lot. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, most people they'd be happy to double their their annual income. I mean, to be able to, you know, ten x it, that's that's quite a bold statement to make. I mean, uh, you know, I, I hope I don't come across too harsh here, but I get very skeptical when someone claims they can ten x something. It, it's like, how do you guarantee that, and how can you even how can you even measure that? Totally. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very skeptical as well. So I always make sure that like, even in the, the book itself, the, the, the title 10 X life comes from the 10 X results that I've seen in my own life. In no way do we, do we guarantee that someone's going to 10 X their income or, or whatever metric they're looking for. Okay. Ultimately, it's just, if you, if you go into something and it's important to you, you need to think big and act boldly and consistently. And I, I think that's really the the spirit of the book. It's also the the spirit of the website as well. Okay, so you know, let's get I guess a little bit into that book. Um, you know, in, in a sense, I guess, why would I buy the book? You know, if I if I was to like end this conversation with you, and then you know, what would make me want to jump onto Amazon right now and just order the book? I, I think that the book is perfect for people for who are in one of two stages if you're looking for your purpose in life and you're not really sure what that is quite yet uh, the first part of the book is all about how to define your purpose and everything in the book like i mentioned i'm very skeptical so the more i got into personal development i realized how much of it when it's based on psychology and like proven psychological studies can be incredibly powerful and how much of 
of what you might see on a, a personal development site. It's really just a bunch of kind of like woo woo rah rah stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like think happy thoughts and you'll be happy. Well, kind of, but not yeah. really. Like you need people need something a bit more actionable. And so the first part of that book is really about how are you able to define your purpose, figure out what questions to ask yourself, um, and the tools that you can use to help you kind of map that out. And then the second part of the book is really more about, okay, now that you know what's important, how are we actually going to get you there? And it, it's, it could be considered a business book or a personal development book or a mm-hmm. self-help book. It's, it's intentionally vague in that respect because I think it's, it's something that applies in, in business and in life. So a lot of it, the second part of the book is about how you can block distractions, how you can use the, the willpower that you have every day. A lot of people think willpower is like, uh, like this infinite resource that everyone has. It's not true. You have a limited amount of, of willpower every morning that you wake up. And so it's not so much, how do I strengthen my willpower? It's how do I preserve the willpower that I have every day and make sure that I'm using it on something that's worthwhile that'll help me achieve my goals and get ahead in life. Right. And that's, that's really the, the crux of the, the second part of the book. I mean, how did you get to that? Did you have mentors along the way? You know, who inspired you to, to 10x your life? Yeah, good question. I've, I've had several mentors along the way. Um, I think just originally was that I, when I was working as a travel agent and working as a waiter at night, I just didn't like where I was. And, and I knew, I knew what I wanted in life. And it just, it was like, okay, how do I make that happen? And to be honest, I had all these grand ideas and plans on how I was going to get there. And Ultimately, we got to the, the end result, which is we were able to travel, work remotely. We have you know, a good amount of, of free time, and, and we can spend it accordingly. Uh, but the way we got there was very, very different than kind of the, the plans that I had initially. Mm-hmm. And, and you've also advised, we said, over 50 companies, including startups and, and even Fortune 500 firms. So what, what could you share with our listeners uh, that has been the biggest lessons you have learned from working with so many different diverse businesses? I would say that the single piece of advice that I learned from working with all these companies, and again, this works in, in business and in life, I really believe that business development and personal development apply the same principles. Uh, and it's really all about focus. If, mm-hmm. if you can be laser focused on, on whatever it is, uh, so if, if you're in a company just a quick example. So if I work with a startup or a Fortune 500 company, in both cases, focus is an issue. With the the startups, it's great that they can move fast, break things. I know that's a, a like kind of a common term. Yeah. Um, so people are, are moving around. They're 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 breaking things. They're trying lots of things, which is great. But they also need to focus on one thing that works. And I know. Uh, was it Noah Kagan, the guy from AppSumo yeah. and and all those companies? He has a great. A great outlook on that. He calls it 80-20 marketing. So it's like every week you just focus 80% of your efforts on what's working and 20% trying new things. And if that 20% thing doesn't work, you try something else the following week. If it mm-hmm. does work really well, it becomes your new 80% and you just keep running in that direction. And he's a really bright guy, really successful dude. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I tend to listen quite closely to him. Um, also on the on the the macro side, if we're dealing with a Fortune 500 company, for example, they've got the same problem, but magnified in that they can't do anything because they're too busy having meetings and talking about what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, it's more like, okay, let's 
let's just focus on what are the three things that matter right now? And then of those three, what is the, the one that's likely to double your KPI or, or even 10x your KPI if that's possible? I mean, obviously, if somebody has a, a 20% conversion rate, we can't 10x that, um, but <laughs> we can double it. Right. And so just really, really staying focused on that. Um, I think one thing that I, I've learned in the past year as I was putting together the book and looking into psychological studies, like I really got into psychology mm-hmm. and I had, I had no idea how painful distractions really are to people. And I'll just, I'll share with you just one quick, uh, one quick study that was done. Yeah. And it was a, uh, it was this, it, in the study they asked people, um, actually, let me just pull it up. I want to make sure I've got the, the numbers right. Uh-huh. So it, it, was a, it was a study that was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. And in the study, they asked the subjects to complete these simple tasks on a computer. Um, and while they were working, they would have interruptions that would show up on the screen. So like a, a small pop-up or like, uh-huh. um, like a, a chat overlay. Exactly. Well, stuff like that. And the researchers were, were monitoring all these interruptions so that there's these evil researchers are in the back pressing the button to like have all these mm, interruptions ah, appear. Ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. And they measured the results because they wanted to see how people were doing on the task. And the results were astonishing. The, the researchers found that an interruption that averaged 2.8 seconds doubled the number of mistakes that people made. Wow. And that interruptions averaging 4.4 seconds tripled the amount of errors that people made. So when you think about it, it's like, it, it's just mind boggling to me that even a simple distraction lasting less than five seconds can triple the amount of errors that you're making on whatever task you're doing. So it really pays to block those distractions at every turn. Do you have any tools that you use, uh, practical tools to avoid these pop-ups like all distractions? Yeah, I, I talk about this in the book uh, quite a bit. I, I've tried loads of different tools um, that will perhaps block different websites or, or help you stay on task. And, and what I found mm-hmm. is that it didn't give me control over my life. I, I felt like I was kind of creating these external things that were, were nagging at me. And I felt mm-hmm. that I was losing control. And it, it put me in a very reactive mode. And I, I don't believe in a reactive life. I believe in a proactive one. And the one tool, it's, it's amazing. It's just one word, really. Uh, and it's incredibly powerful. And there was another study about this. Awareness? Uh, uh, no, no. In fact, um, the, the word is... Well, actually, I, I won't tell you the word just yet. I'll, I'll tell you the no, background. No, come on. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, there, so there's a, another study that was done. Uh, I think this was by the Journal of Consumer Research. And they asked women to attend this seminar on long-term health goals. And after the seminar, they asked these women to join a program that would help them adopt a new health strategy. So, for example, stop eating a whole bunch of cupcakes at once. <laughs> okay. uh, and the, the health strategy was, was targeting their self-talk. And they would split them into different groups uh, and see how well it worked for them. So the, the women were divided into three groups. There was group A, uh, and they were told to say something like, I can't eat cupcakes because I'm on a diet. Mm. Then there's group B that says, I don't eat cupcakes because I'm on a diet. And then group C adopted just like a, a just say no strategy. So they would just say no. Mm. So based on, on those three groups, there's the I can't eat cupcakes because I'm on a diet. I don't eat cupcakes because I'm on a diet. And the just say no strategy. Which of those three groups do you think performed best and why? I think I figured out the word. Yeah? No. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's no, not that. No, I'm afraid not. And I, I, had, oh, man. I, had, I had to use no to say no. So sorry, man. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but good guess. Good guess. Okay, but I'm the, guessing that the no group was the one that did the best, right? No. In fact, really? the so of the, the people in the third group, 30, 30% of people completed the program uh, with the just say no strategy. Okay. The people who said, I can't, uh, mm-hmm. only 10% of them completed the program. Right. And those who said, I don't, 80% completed wow. the program. Hmm. So, that, I mean, that right there is, is a, a huge difference just I between don't. substituting one word from saying, I can't, to I don't. Interesting. And for those of you listening, you might be wondering, like, what's the difference between I can't and I don't? It's that when you say, I can't, hmm. you're, you're not taking control. It's not up to you. You're saying, oh, you know, I'd really like to, but I can't because mm-hmm. I'm on this diet. But if you right. say, I don't eat cupcakes because I'm on a diet, you're, you're taking control of the situation and you're coming at it from a much more powerful position and saying, do I don't do that. Do you know what's very interesting, Adam? I'm just going to throw this out there as well, just because I, I love what we're talking about. And I actually did a, um, a, a little seminar recently where we talked about um, remembering people's names. So I don't know about you, but like, I was never good at remembering people's names. I can remember faces from like 20 years ago, but names, you know, I sometimes have trouble with my kids. I have three, four kids, but I'm like <laughs> literally, I, you know, every day I'm like mumbling their names up, munching them. And, and when I see people on the street and I'm like, I know who he is, but I can't remember his name. And the person who was leading the seminar um, said, raise your hand if you have trouble remembering names. So of course I raised my hand. And he said, um, you know, one of the biggest problems is that you probably tell people and you probably have told yourself over and over again that I can't remember names, right? I have a hard time remembering names. And when you keep telling yourself that, so then your brain believes it, meaning you've taught your brain to say, I don't remember names. I'm not good at remembering names. And he told me to over and over again say, I'm good at remembering names. I'm good at remembering. And there were 40 people in the room and we did an exercise where we went around the room and each person said their name. And I kept repeating in my head, I'm good at remembering names. And I remembered their names. I literally, and afterwards I knew every single one of their names. And I, if you gave me those 40 people right now, I would probably be able, most likely would be able to remember every one of their names, which is incredible. That's amazing. And in fact, the very first thing I was going to say uh, was oh I'm, I'm not good at remembering names either but i'm not going to say that <laughs> don't now. do you, it you don't talk. say it no, <laughs> i'm great at remembering names <laughs> i'm fantastic mental magician that's cool so for, 40 people like yeah. are you just like walking around meeting them one by one? Oh, and you know afterwards i felt like superman you know john susie alan <laughs> i felt like a freaking magician i was like wow i've got a skill but it's so cool. And Tony Robbins talks about this all the time as well. It's all about your language. I love like, this whole thing about language. It's about instead of saying, I can't, I don't. There's, there's, there, you're right. There's such a difference in power. It's about power. When I say I can't, I'm, I'm, I've got no power over it. But when I say I don't, I've got power over it. So it makes exactly. such a difference. Amazing. Very cool. So going back to the word. Yes. So the, the, <laughs> uh, the magic word, of course, is, is don't. So you w- don't. definitely want to use don't rather than can't. Whenever you okay. can, that's the, that's the magic word for sure. Very cool. Okay. And how would you apply that to like positive things? Yeah, good question. Um, 
I guess so I can or I will rather than saying, you know, I might or I'd like to. Yeah. So rather on the positive front, uh, I use a, a different construct. It's called an if-then construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this allows you to basically stack lots of, of individual habits and you can chain them together. Um, and by making it conditional, the human brain is, is wired for conditional situations. You know, if, if, a, if a monkey bears its teeth at me, I should run. Mm-hmm. But I, I shouldn't just run just for no reason. Like there has right. to be a, a trigger to that. So in mm-hmm. terms of, of building good habits, one that worked really well for me when I was training for my, my first 50K and now I'm training for a 50-mile run is if I wake up in the morning, then I will go on a run or if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then I will go on a run. And I, hopefully I'll, I'll continue to wake up in the mornings for, for years and decades to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, then I will go on a run. And in my head, I just realized, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's Wednesday. I, sh- I need to go on a run today. So it's a really solid way to help, again, with the, the power of self-talk. You, right. you set these constructs in your mind. It makes it conditional and it makes it very easy to follow. Very, very cool. By the way, what is the Good Men Project? The Good Men Project is a website that includes lots of different articles on... Wow, you've done your homework. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty... I, I like to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, so the Good, the good Men Project, uh, and I highly recommend everyone check out the website. It's, um, mm-hmm. it, it's a website that has a number of people publishing articles talking about what does it really mean to be a man or to be male... Uh, in today's society. So there's mm. lots of, of different and very interesting views on there. This is your website, right? This is one of your websites. Oh, no, 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 not at all. This is the I, one I that, you, that you write for or that you happen to I, just... I, yeah, I, I wrote an article for them a, right. a while back. That's what I noticed, okay. In no way affiliated with the website beyond that. But you recommend it? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting read. What have you gained from that website? Hmm. I think really the kind of the, the, the stereotypes around being a guy, you mm-hmm. know, we, we talk about being a, a, a guy's guy or, you know, being a, I guess what would, what's the opposite of that? Maybe a, a sissy. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, but like all these different kind of stereotypes that we have around what it, it takes to be a man. And to be honest, it's not something I've really thought about. Like I'm not really a guy's guy. Like I don't fix cars, um, but I do like sports. So I guess I've got that kind of stereotype going for me yeah you know what adam uh, adam i go to the gym and i lift weights but i won't do the dishes and i won't like pick up like, if 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 the if the sink doesn't work I, I i don't know how to fix it and if the you know refrigerator just i don't know i i, I have no idea i'm just like call a plumber call call an electrician call call someone I, like there was even a light bulb in our kitchen but it was like one of these light bulbs with a with an ornament around it that kind of thing you had to like unscrew it and i'm like i look i'm looking at it i'm saying uh, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. No, that's not me. You know, that's not me. Or if the car breaks down, forget about it. Right. Yep. Exactly. My, my only tool in my toolbox is my credit card. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. Brilliant. <laughs> so uh, I just want to, I mean, cause we're getting to the end of the show and uh, there's so much, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about and maybe we'll do a, you know, a part two of this. Um, but what, what advice would you give to someone listening who is, is looking to start or launch a new startup business? What would you recommend? What would you advise them to do today? That's a great question. If you're looking to start a business, 
I would highly recommend you, you stay away from web, web development. You stay away from anything that is not your core competency. Uh, I think the, the most important thing, if you're looking to start a business, it's not your business card. It's not your website. It's not comments on a, a blog post. It's none of that. It's, do you have a paying customer? That is mm. the single most important thing. Right. So any, anything you can do to have that paying customer. And again, you, you don't need a business card. You don't need a website. You don't need any of that. When I was getting started, uh, we were we were selling songwriting tutorials. We did that online. Um, but then I realized that there's a lot of knowledge out there that you can learn from building websites and, and all of that. So I just said, okay, well, let's try and, and teach a course. And I think if I were recommending somebody who was just starting out, and especially if you don't have technical skills, I certainly didn't when I started, and I still don't right. really have strong technical chops, um, is focus on providing a service or doing speaking gigs initially, because that allows you to actually talk to people who are paying you money. Mm -hmm. And so the common question is, well, you know, that sounds great, but how do I actually get started with that? If you want to do speaking gigs, contact your local uh, universities, for example. A lot of them will have like continuing education classes um, or just like local community colleges will offer, <clears throat> excuse me, local community colleges will offer classes as well. So when I got started on the, the marketing side of things, I contacted our local school. I said, I've got an idea for a, a course on internet marketing that I'd love to, to teach others how to, to get started with this. Um, and so they advertised it for me and I got one third of the, the sales at the door. Wow. So yeah, I mean, we didn't make a, a ton of money from that, but still it was like, I think it averaged out to about a hundred hour, excuse me, a hundred dollars us for, for every, for every hour that we were speaking. Mm -hmm. And so we gave this class, you know, the first time I think we made three to $600 depending on the, the length of the course. Um, but we got to meet lots of people and they got to ask a lot of questions during the way. So not only was I getting paid, there was no risk involved because I didn't have to put any money up front. So especially when you're starting out, you want to reduce your, your risk as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also got to talk to people and understand the market better. Like what are their questions? What are their concerns? What are their desires? To the point where I could start to proactively answer their questions in subsequent classes. So we, we yeah. taught the same course once. Um, it worked well. We continued to teach that every quarter. And then we started rolling that out to different schools. And pretty soon we were making, you know, low five figures every month just from doing these speaking gigs. And that didn't require a website. It didn't require business cards. It didn't require anything other than what was already in my head and just the ability to go talk to people. Do you know what I love so about that advice, Adam? Is that I find a lot of people who are starting a business, they hide behind the the web development the business cards the cool funky logo the branding and all that stuff right which okay it, that, that those things are important at some point but i feel like it's it comes from a place of fear that we're, we're scared we're naturally scared to stand out in front of a crowd we're scared to pick up that phone and call that first client you know i had a guy uh, recently who i was consulting um and you know he said uh, you know, I'm trying to work on the website and I'm building there, I'm doing that. And I said, have you written a list of people that you know that could use your service? And he said, no. And I said, mm. well, can you, write, can, you, can you write that list? And he said, yeah, I could write it. I said, and then can you call them and ask them if they'd like to, you know, pay for your services? And he kind of just looked at me like, but, 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 but I don't have a website. <laughs> and <Yeah>. I said, <laughs> screw the website. You, know, you don't need a freaking website. 
just get clients. We we use these things as an excuse. Like we're living in a in an age where there's so much abundance, there's so much opportunity, but it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand we've got all this, on the other hand we use it as a place to hide. Back in the day, you didn't make money if you didn't get out and just hustle and just you know, I don't even like the word hustle because that's also almost like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hustle. What the hell does that mean? Pick up a phone. Mm. Just pick up a phone or go out in the street or like what you did, Adam. You got up on a stage. You put you put yourself out there. And I don't care how much money you made because that's not really what's at the end of the day. It's experience. And the more you sharpen your skills, the more you're going to get paid and the more doors are going to open for you. When I started this podcast show, I had no idea how I'm going to make money from it. I mean, I have thank god i've i've created a business two you know multiple businesses that are creating you know revenue for me that i don't need to work but I, yeah, again, but I obviously wanted to monetize the podcast, but I had no idea, I had no plan. But I said to myself, I know that I love speaking, as you can tell, I just like speaking and speaking. Um, and I love um, meeting new people. And I want to get my voice out there. And so I just started podcasting. And within um, 35 episodes, I get a random call from somebody in New York to fly me out and basically there's a whole massive business opportunity now on the back of that that could be worth a lot of money um and we're we're looking at signing any day now now but again but how did that happen it the doors just opened because when you just do things you get yourself out there and you start producing and stop hiding behind all the obstacles and all the other things things will happen for you um and that's really what i take from it so Great advice, Adam. Also, Adam, what's the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you? So if you'd like to to learn more, you can always download our book direct, straight from Amazon. It's called 10X Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also visit us on keepinspiring.me as well as 10xtoday.com. Very, very cool. Adam, this episode has been 10x it's been a 10x incredible <laughs> experience. You like that, right? I um, do. Yeah. Thanks so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow listeners. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.